something naturally occurring even in this sci-fi world, it's naturally occurring in this reality, is morally neutral and it's what man does with it that can make it good or bad. That's deep. I feel like I should be smoking a J when I say that. I don't do that, people. I'm lame, but... We're halfway done. Wow. Remind me again. When will I finish the show? Someone at work today was like, you're still not done with that show? I was like, no. (laughs) If all goes according to plan, you will be done with the show on November 1st. Mm. Wow. That's crazy. At this point, if this episode comes out, when we're thinking it should. (laughs) Why wouldn't it? (laughs) I don't know. I could die. Oh, okay. <laughs> what What a weird thing to say. Well, I mean, what I was going to say was if this episode comes out when it should, then you're going to be that much closer to dying because it's your birthday and you'll be old as shit. This episode comes out on my birthday? Happy birthday, Lauren. Oh my God, I'm old as shit. So uh, what I get you? A million dollars. Close. A million quick bits. Oh, God. (laughs) Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Lauren Gets Lost. I'm Zane. And I'm Lauren. And today we are covering season four, episode one, the beginning of the end. And very much so it is, because we are now in the second half of the series. And the seasons get shorter now, so buckle up. Yay. What'd you think of the premiere, Lauren? I thought it was good, but I will say, I feel like the previous, like season two and season three, I can't really remember my reaction to season three premiere, but I feel like I had a pretty strong reaction to season two. I don't think I had a very strong reaction to this one. I was looking forward to it a lot. Like all week I was excited to watch this episode, Um, but I don't think it like, it wasn't the best. Yeah, I think the sh- the first half kind of is a little slow just because like the show is like finding its footing with the new format and everything. But towards the end, like really like episode five on, it just kind of feels like it's like a really long action movie because like mm. this this is like a period of time where it, it just gets so ramped up. Interesting. Okay. If you had to synopsisize this this, this episode. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So here's my synopsis. With word spreading that the boat is not what it seems, survivors are faced with a choice. That scene of at the the fuselage, which I thought was very poetic because it's basically where the series started with that first trip out there. I thought it was really poetic that this is basically kind of like a uh, a huge turning point for the series. I'm very excited to talk about it. I remember Locke's speech like being stuck in my head for a really long time because this is essentially like the start of the second chapter of the show. I thought I would dive into why it changed so much with the quick bits. So I've got some fun ones. I also got okay. some ones I think you're going to like personally. Okay. First quick bit. God damn it. I can't. 
by the end, Zane's going to be like, all right, the first Bisquick is. <laughs> oh, man, that is so much better. It's just pancakes, Zane. I think you're just hungry. Maybe. It's only 10 o'clock at night. This episode was directed by Jack Bender. No surprise there. It's a premiere. Did you notice that Hurley was doing watercoloring in one of the flash forwards today? No. It was right before he talked to Charlie. Okay. Maybe he go... was playing. No, I thought he was playing Connect Four right before he talked to Charlie. No, no, he was. That was before he talked to the guy in the suit when he he was outside. Oh, you're right. You're right. He was he was doing some watercoloring. Maybe go back and take a look at it because it was a really good watercolor, and Jorge Garcia was actually the one who painted it. Mm. Speaking of Charlie. Dominic Monaghan is no longer a series regular as of this episode. However, he did appear as a special guest star. This was the first season premiere that was not Jack-centric. I figured you'd love that. They still slipped him in there, though. Yeah. Matthew Abaddon is played by Lance Reddick. Lance Reddick, unfortunately, passed away back in March of 2023. And I have to say, he's not in the show a whole lot. We He might pop up again. But he really, I feel like he just steals this, the show every time he shows up. And I am very excited to see him in the Percy Jackson series. I don't really know anything about the books or anything like that. I wasn't like a huge Greek mythology person, but I do think Lance Reddick is really amazing. And since it's his final performance, I definitely will be tuning in. This episode aired January 31st, 2008, which was almost eight months after the season three finale. This was because of the 2008 writer strike where the WGA went on strike on November 5th, 2007, and it lasted 93 days. Loss had already shot eight of the 16 episodes ordered for season four when the strike had started. As a result, two episodes were cut. Those f- final two episodes were added back onto the season five and season six run. However, the show had already been shortened in its seasons. Originally, ABC wanted Lost to run for 10 seasons. The writers reportedly did not want the series to overstate its welcome. The original plan was to have it wrap up after three seasons, but ABC said you do not let that show end when it's making that much money. Eventually, it was negotiated down from eight seasons to six, with the plan to wrap the series up in 50 episodes. 51 was the final agreed-upon count. I like a self-aware show. One that's like, no, no, we don't need 10 seasons. (laughs) <laughs> Grey's Anatomy. No, that's 19, Lauren. <laughs> I know. So I'm like, that's insane. Yeah. I, I appreciate a show that's just like, we caught lightning in a bottle. Let's wrap it up. And not everyone agrees with me, but I thought the show ended when it needed to. And I thought it ended well, not like Game of Thrones, but I'm, we're still a couple months away from there. <laughs> but Game of Thrones is so different though, because it's not like they jumped the shark or anything. It's just, you're, you're changing the people who are creating the story. So that's not something that like went on too long. You know, like there's shows that just go on too long. Like part of the reason I'm not going to do your stupid Walking Dead podcast. Yeah, because that, that that's show too many seasons. Too <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, it's, you know, it's still going. Like the main oh series is over. There's like five spinoffs. It's, it's literally like they just took the cast of the original show and like broke them up into a couple different shows and like it's still going no that's stupid all right how about we dive right into it we start off with a pile of mangoes that is not on an island but is in fact in los angeles and it's run over by a red camaro 
Several police cars are chasing after this Camaro. This high-speed chase is being broadcast on television as one Jack makes himself a screwdriver. At this point, did you think it was a Jackson Trick episode? Yes, but I was like, why couldn't Zane have told me that? I still don't know why you couldn't tell me who the centric was. Because I didn't think that you thought the Flash Forwards was a one-off. And I didn't want to tell you that Hurley was one of the people that got off the island. That wouldn't have told me that. I, I, I did think it was a one-off. I did not think we were continuing with Flash Forwards. Right. What I, what I mean is I didn't realize at the time that you didn't realize that we were doing Flash Forwards now. Oh, okay. You thought I was smart. Yeah. Wrong. (laughs) I gave you too much credit. He sees the Camaro on the television and is not pleased. The car eventually wrecks and the cops force the driver out and it's revealed to be Hurley. He tries to make a run for it, but they get him. And as he's being handcuffed, he asks if they know who he is, screaming that he is one of the Oceanic Six. See, this is where you messed up because I'm just reflecting on your statement and what you just said. You're like, oh, I didn't want you to know that Hurley was one of the people who got off the island. But like, there was nothing to tell me that not everybody got off the island. Even if I, I knew it was flash forward, you could have said Hurley. And I just would have been like, okay, that's normal because we're we're in thinking that everybody gets rescued at the end of season three. I'm not going to lie. When I first saw the series, I did not think that. Okay. You're trying to tell me that... Eight-year-old Zane is smarter than 27-year-old Lauren. Well, there how were... did I? I don't understand how I would have uh, assumed that. Well, we know that at the end of season three, Naomi tells them that the plane was found and the world thinks they're dead. And when Jack tells Kate, I am sick of lying, it is implied that they are lying about something. And if the entire plane or, you know, the 40 people that is al- that are alive showed up, there would be a lot of questions and I don't think they would just be walking around as if everything was normal. So I just assumed that not everybody made it off the island. That's such a giant leap. I, I don't think a normal person would be like, oh, obviously. Well, for one, have you ever thought that I'm a normal person? No, but I I, I think that you're giving yourself credit for something that like you were so young when you watched this. There's no way that you actually thought that you've watched it so many times like you have hindsight. I don't, I just feel like I would love to hear from our listeners if anybody else the first time through assumed that not everybody got off the island based on the season three finale. Because I, when they said Oceanic Six, I was like, what? Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Don't tell me who you think the six are. We obviously know three of them because I want to talk about this at the end. But what was your reaction to A, Hurley got off, he's one of the six, and B, there's only three others? I don't even get that. Like, I'm so confused. Why? Because it it could make sense based on, like, what happened at the end and, like, people are like, we're not going to go. But Hurley wasn't even on the same side. Hurley went with Locke. So why is Hurley back? And why would they leave everybody? I, I just, I'm very confused. And I, I have no idea who. I would hope the Sun and Jin got off. Because she really needed to not be on that island. But, you know, with this show, I'm just going to assume it wasn't her. (laughs) I don't know. I don't understand the circumstances of them leaving. So it's hard for me to just, like, randomly guess the three other people. All right, let's talk flash forwards. I will say all of season four is not just going to be flash forwards. Oh. 
there are going to be some flashbacks because like we know not everyone gets off the island but you also have to keep in mind not everyone's going to get a centric episode this season just because it's so short Mm -hmm. what do you think about the show using flash forwards do you like the concept of a flash forward i love it because i love like a a a jumping timeline storytelling love it in a book because I love to see something that happens in the future and then you're trying to figure out why. Why did that happen or what are they referencing? I think that's very fun. I especially like when a story kind of almost works its way from like two different ends and meets in the middle. So when you've got like the the present day storyline is progressing like chronologically and then you have flash forwards that go backward. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think I think that's really fun. Um, I don't obviously I don't know if that's what they're doing. Well, actually, maybe because like obviously this flash forward happened before Jack freaking out, so they've gone that direction for now. Big Mike, now a detective, asks Hurley what he saw in the gas station that made him freak out and run. Hurley lies, saying he was not running away from anyone, but Big Mike does not care that he is a celebrity. Hurley says he's not a celebrity, but Big Mike points out that he was screaming plot reveals. I just I I feel like they they threw the Oceanic Six in there when he was screaming it as just like a, obviously revealing that. And then Hurley's like, oh, I'm not a celebrity because I don't really think Hurley would be the type of person to be like, I am a celebrity. Don't arrest me. But then they just used it a second time as a natural segue into him to talk about who he knew from the plane, his old partner, Ana Lucia. Did you recognize Big Mike at all? I did, but I I wasn't sure why until he said that, and then I was like, "Oh, nice." I love I I love a name drop of a, of a dead character. Yeah. So when he's saying, obviously he lies and he says he doesn't know her. I, that leads me to believe that they're just saying that everybody else died, that they're the only survivors. That's just like a that's kind of a big leap, but it just it made me sad though because I was like, "Oh," but I mean also. I feel like you would just say that regardless of any lie happening because she died in such a tragic way. So to be like, I feel like as a loved one, you would almost just hope that, yeah, she just died in the accident and that's it. She didn't like suffer on the island. I also like that Big Mike is obviously still carrying a flame for her when he when he kind of longingly calls her beautiful. It's like a nice little moment that humanized him. Like you said, Hurley lies that he doesn't know her and Big Mike tells him to watch the tape to see if anything will spark as he goes to get a donut and when he comes back Hurley is going to tell him what he ran from Hurley then hears tapping on the glass and looks at the window and he sees water and a man in a hood swims to the window and shatters the glass water floods in and Hurley screams for help Big Mike breaks back in asking what is wrong with him and asks if he wants to go to the mental facility and Hurley says yes and thanks him and gives him a hug reaction to Hurley snapping it's not surprising we obviously know he has a history of hallucinating what was the triggering event this time well are you asking me like you're quizzing me or are you asking my opinion both well obviously it's charlie i think either way i think it's like he probably is still basically traumatized by charlie's death and then you know ghost charlie walking around charlie when he swam to the window his hand said something on it would you like to know what it said Sure. It was not not Penny's boat. It was they need you. Mm. 
Back on the island, Hurley radios Jack and asks if they reach the tower. And Jack tells him that they called the boat and they are on their way now, staring Ben down. Hurley celebrates and Jack asks Kate if she found Locke. And Kate says there was no sign of him. It was like he disappeared. Kate asks why he would kill Naomi when he doesn't even know her. And Jack says he's crazy. Kate asks what happens if Locke comes back. And Jack says he will kill him. Jack starts to get ready to lead everyone back to the beach, and Kate asks if they are actually going home, and he says yes with a smile. I feel like this was a very Jackie episode, so let's get it out of the way now. Thoughts on Jack this episode? I basically only had one major moment where I was like, wow, Jack. And I think that's an obvious moment, and we'll get there. I don't, I feel like his frustration is warranted. And I don't really have an issue until the the big issue. Yeah. Sun laughs, saying she cannot believe that she gets to have her baby in a hospital. And Claire tells her to rub it in. Rose offers help with Aaron, and Claire says no, but she must be very proud of Bernard since he is a hero. Rose says the real hero is Charlie for turning off the Looking Glass station, and she should treat him real good when he gets back. Claire is shocked by the statement, and Rose laughs. Still tied to a tree, Ben tells Danielle that he needs her to take Alex and get as far away from there as possible. He says they do not have time to argue, as everyone who stays is going to die. He tells her to take Alex, he doesn't care where, but just to take her as far away and go. He says he will not have his daughter die, but Danielle smacks him, saying that she is not his daughter. Ben then notices a little something about Naomi. Thoughts on Ben in this moment, and do you think what he said to Danielle played into her decision later. Well, I was, I think I was confused at first because at first I thought he was saying, get her off the Island and as far away as possible. Is that what he was saying? Or he was saying, just get away from this area as far away as possible. Get away from the area. Mm. Then probably, especially because she chose to go to the same side as Ben in the, in the later decision. And also I, I think you know, if you want to talk about like humanizing someone, I've said from the beginning, like, like Ben's a little rat boy, but like, I, I totally believe that he's telling the truth or that he at least thinks he's telling the truth. And, you know, as wrong as it is to kidnap someone, like he does see Alex as his daughter. So he just like wants her to be as safe as possible. So Hurley and Bernard are back at the beach camp looking out at the ocean. And he Hurley asked Bernard if he ever told him that he won the lottery. He said he's worth $150 million, and it is the worst thing that ever happened to him. He says all the money will be gone when they get back because the world thinks he's dead, so he will be free. Hurley says he wants to do a cannonball, so Bernard tells him to do it. He does. It's a it's a nice little moment, considering the shitstorm that's about to hit. When he surfaces from the water, he sees that the outrigger is back. And when he joins them, he finds Desmond telling them that Jack cannot contact the boat, but Sawyer says that he already did. Desmond says that Naomi lied, and the people on the boat are not who they say they are. Everyone starts asking questions, but Hurley is asking the most obvious question, where is Charlie? And then Desmond tells him that he is sorry, and everyone realizes that he's gone. And great facial acting by everyone involved. Bravo. Thoughts on half the cast learning about Charlie, and obviously the most important one being Hurley. It was sad. Not as sad as later, but... I feel like... Other than Hurley, Desmond, and maybe you can argue Saeed, no one in that group was, like, particularly close to Charlie, but Charlie was just, like, one of those, like, 
pinnacle pieces of camp. Like he was just always there. So the fact that like he's gone, even a person like Sawyer who doesn't really get along with him will have like obvious emotions to it. Well, I think it's just like Charlie and Hurley are like the comedic relief around camp, like Tweedledee and Tweedledum. And so it's like, yeah, you don't have to be super close to him, but he probably brought like energy, you know? Yeah. Especially when he kidnapped that baby. Well, everybody seems to have forgotten, (laughs) especially the baby's mother. I remember. Pepperidge Farm remembers. (laughs) I say that all the time. (laughs) The sat phone rings and Jack speaks with a George Makowski. George tells him that they are trying to lock on to their signal, but they are getting RF interference and need to update some settings on the sat phone. Jack tells him to walk him through it, but George asks for Naomi. Jack lies, saying that she went to get firewood, but Kate points out that her body is gone. Jack then hangs up and immediately asks Ben where she went, and Ben stares at him for what felt like a very long time, and then just mutters, oh. <laughs> Thoughts on the fact that Naomi was gone. I thought it was cool. I really liked it, but part of me was just like, you mean to tell me that 40 people didn't notice that the, the quote-unquote dead girl with a knife sticking out of her back not only crawled away, but as we later learned, crawled away, came back, and then <laughs> went the other direction. Yeah, that is kind of crazy. Sawyer argues that they should call Jack, and Saeed argues that Charlie's message was a warning, but Sawyer cuts him off saying that he's sorry Charlie is dead, but they do not know what not Penny's boat means. Saeed says calling Jack will accomplish nothing, but Juliet says it would at least warn him. Saeed says he thinks the freighter is monitoring their communication, so calling Jack would warn them that they are suspicious of them. Sawyer says that he has the walkie, so he's going to make the call. So Hurley takes the walkie and chucks it into the ocean and then says they should get going. Sawyer asks where, and everyone decides to follow. I feel like monitoring the communications is like an obvious trope that you got to hit, but also like, I don't know anything about walkie talkies. How do you, I guess it's just like radio signals. It's just like walkie talkies actually super easy. If you're on the same channel, you can hear what's happening. Like, how about on road trips when we used to have the walkie-talkies? Don't you remember, like, randomly oh, yeah. hearing other people? It's the same, like, baby monitors can pick up other signals. Like, but also, I'm like, they might be monitoring communication, but just keep the walkie-talkie and don't say anything about that. Like, that kind of felt aggressive, but yes. what do I know? Danielle reports to Jack that they found a blood trail that Naomi left when she crawled away, and she cannot have gone too far. Jack says that they're going to take Ben with them, and she asks why, and Jack says he does not trust Ben with anyone else but him. Why is Ben still alive? <laughs> this is the real question. Who said what about who? Jack says they're taking Ben with him because he doesn't trust Ben with anyone else except for himself. That seems stupid. It, it's, just so, it's just so they could have that moment later, which I did love. <laughs> but, I mean, it's just like, it's just stupid. I feel like at this point, if Jack was going to like, I understand that like he made the promise of killing Ben because he thought the three shooters were dead and they're not dead. But like, what is the end goal with Ben? They're just going to keep him prisoner until they leave and then cut him loose. Or are they going to bring him back to the States and be like, this is the man who ruined our lives. I don't know. I think that's just one of those things with Jack's kind of like gets it in his head and he doesn't really know what he's doing, but he's just like, well, I mean, would you keep him tied up? Yeah, for sure. I'd keep him tied up. 
because until rescue is there, like he can still mess something up, but I'm not going to like, he doesn't need to trek into the jungle with us. Just put somebody responsible in charge of the, there's like 30 other people there. Like they can do it. Now, when you think about it, it's all like extras and B team and Kate. Okay. But like, I'm sure B team and extras can figure it out. Jack hands out some torches to the extras and tells them to head to the beach so the freighter people can find them. And Claire says that he looks worried. And Jack says the only thing he's worried about is missing their ride home. Kate checks in, saying that she found Naomi's trail. And Jack says that Danielle already found it. Kate asks if he is sure it's her trail. And Jack says, unless somebody else is bleeding. Kate suggests that Naomi made a dummy trail and that they should split up and check both. Jack says in a couple hours, they're going to be on the boat laughing about the final one thing that they could not agree on. And he says Naomi is hurt and she ran to the jungle, not thinking about dummy trails. Kate says that he is right. Jack says that he will track her down and she should take everyone back to the beach. They hug and she tells him to be careful. And Ben notices something about the hug. Thoughts on another Jack and Kate disagreement? I didn't think anything of it. I was paying attention to Ben. And I thought he was just kind of like psychoanalyzing them and being like, oh, interesting. What's the tea? Michael Emerson did a really funny interview um, around this time where he basically was just like, yeah, showing up to scenes was always fun because like I would get there two hours early so they could put all the fake blood and uh, makeup of me getting my ass kicked (laughs) and everybody else like sunburn. (laughs) Yeah, I actually thought about that because I was like, it must be crazy to wrap a season and then show up after your break or whatever and have to pick up from like the next minute where season three wrapped. And so he's like, after all that time, he has to put all that blood back on him. I was like, I I was really wondering if they just like film it all at once. But I know that's not really how shows work. I Sometimes if they know it's going to pick up like immediately. They'll just fit, start filming into the next season a little bit. Cause like the writers are typically working on the show kind of like year round um, with obvious breaks in there. But my guess is that they packed up and then they came back, but it did, it did make me laugh from like the canon perspective. It's like, all right, they all left. They were there for maybe 30 minutes and now they're all going back. Sawyer says that they're going to all be back in the morning and they should just wait. And Hurley says, you do not wait with warnings, you warn. So everyone arms up and Sawyer said that he thought he was going to be able to get a good night's sleep. What felt like a very long time between flashes, we finally get a flash forward again. As Hurley beats a patient at Connect 4 when a nurse brings him his meds. She tells him that he has a visitor and a mysterious man in a suit introduces himself as Matthew Abaddon. He says he is an attorney for Oceanic Airlines and asks if they can talk. Abaddon says that he is there because they heard about his recent arrest and breakdown, and he says that Oceanic feels terrible about it. He says on behalf of the airline, he wants to offer him an upgrade to a nicer facility that will have privacy and where he can see the ocean. Hurley immediately says he does not want to see the ocean, and I loved that detail because it's like clearly trauma there. And Abaddon says that that will not be a problem. Hurley says thanks, but no thanks. He's fine where he is. And Abaddon asks if he really is fine because he's in a mental institution. Hurley asks for his card, and Abaddon says that he left them at home. 
Curly Lynn says that they are done, but before he leaves, Abaddon asks if they are still alive. Curly freaks out and calls for help as Abaddon leaves. What do you think of Matthew Abaddon? It's creepy. I like it. Yeah. Why would a man working for Oceanic Airlines care if there's other survivors? Because he doesn't work for Oceanic Airlines. Who does he work for? I don't know. I, I thought maybe he was like same like same group of people that's looking for the island as like where Naomi came from. There's a very fun theory about Abaddon that's not true, but we'll talk about that at the end of the series just because if you come up with that theory too, that'd be pretty funny. Sawyer lingers to the back of the pack with Hurley, who is struggling to keep up. He asks if Hurley is okay, and he says he's fine. Sawyer asks if he wants to talk about Charlie because they were friends, and Hurley says that they will get to Jack faster if they don't talk. Sawyer says he'll go up and tell them to slow down, and Hurley says that he can keep up. Finally, Sawyer says to holler if he needs him and keeps going. Hurley then takes a second to stop and think, and as he continues on, he realizes that he was left in the dust. He calls for help, but nobody answers, and he gets all turned around until finally he finds a cabin and hears the whisperers. A light in the cabin turns on, and Hurley is spooked. Sawyer was amazing. Yeah, I see you updating the spreadsheet. Absolutely, he's hottie of the week. I love emotional intelligence. Empathy? I, I, I honestly, I especially because of how Sawyer in the past has been such a shithead to Hurley. I like that there was like not even an undertone of condescension. Like I just really, really liked this from him. And I I mean, the thought was there when he's like, oh, I'll tell them to slow down, holler if you need us. And then like immediately, and like it's nighttime in the jungle. Let's probably use the buddy system here, but that's not gonna... Now, now I'm just nitpicking. I love this moment. Hottie of the week. Love Sawyer. Amazing. Honestly, there was just something a little supernatural about how quickly everyone just disappeared and then didn't hear him calling for help. They couldn't have gotten that far. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And especially when he does the whole turnaround and the house is still there type of thing. Like, yeah, for sure. This was just like the island. Danielle tells Jack that the blood trail has ended. Jack asks if she means that she stopped bleeding there. And Danielle says the trail has just ended and it's a fake. Ben says Jack should call the boat and say that she's getting a really big bundle of firewood. Jack reaches for the phone and it's gone. He asks Ben where it is and he says he should have told Jack when Kate took it, but Jack beat him up so he owes him one. Ben says that Kate took it when they hugged and she found the right trail, but he would not listen to her, so she took matters into her own hands. Ben says to look on the bright side, someone knows what they are doing, and then they start heading back and Jack just yanks on that rope you like a sassy ben i love a sassy ben this was like amazing more and more i think that kate was right when she said that ben is one of the girls (laughs) yeah especially like with how he defends kate it's like yeah someone knows what they're doing and finally kate did not listen and it was the right thing to do at this point it, it was like Ben snapped his fingers in a Z formation hip rotation. What? Because he's tied up. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, for those listening, I just put my hands together and snapped a Z formation. (laughs) Kate follows Naomi's trail and finds blood. 
The phone rings and she answers it. And George asks who she is. And she says that she's Kate. He asks if she's with Jack. And she says he's not here right now. He asks where Naomi is. And Kate says they are looking for her. He asks what that means. So she hangs up. That is the only thing that I disagree with on Kate this entire this entire go around. I just feel like maybe just let it go to voicemail. Yeah, maybe. But I feel like I, I understand that the panic of like, hey, we want these people to rescue us. I don't want to ghost them, but like also. Blood drips on her shoulder and Naomi falls out of the trees and on top of her holding the knife to her throat. That's pretty badass to hold the knife that was thrown into your back to someone. Yeah, like it, I think it was when like we cut to Kate wandering through the jungle after her alone. It was like at that moment that I was like, wait a minute. She has the knife because it was in her. And so that's not good. And it was not good. How did that bitch climb the trees? I, I didn't even think about that. You know what? I'm jumping ahead. But when she dies, I was like, you know, maybe if you weren't climbing and leaping out of trees, you might have survived this. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty cool. It was. Naomi demands the phone. And Kate says that she just wants to help. Naomi says that she spent the last three days trying to get them rescued. And they threw a knife in her back. Kate says... That was Locke, and he is not with them. And Naomi asks why he would do that. And Kate says that he said she is not who she said she was. She swears that they would never hurt her. And she says, you know us. Not really, though. Yeah, I know. Like, barely. The phone rings again, and Kate asks for help. Naomi asks for the phone, and Kate gives it. George asks where she has been and what is going on. And Naomi says that she had an accident and she is hurt. She tells him that she hit a tree branch when she parachuted onto the island and took it through her gut. George asks why they lied, and she says the survivors were scared of what to say until she could speak to them herself. George says that they were trying to track them, but the signal is messed up. Naomi fixes the phone, and George says that they will be right there, and Naomi says to tell her sister that she loves her and dies. Great timing on the death. Totally. Why would Naomi want to protect them after they killed her maybe she just believes kate when she's saying like one person hurt you but he doesn't represent all of us which is true now he only represents half of them Mm. hurley approaches the cabin and looks through the window and i looks back at him and hurley gets spooked and runs away calling for help he reaches a clearing and when he turns around he finds the cabin is in front of him again it moved The door opens and he closes his eyes saying there's nothing there. And when he opens them again, the cabin is gone. He falls over and then finds Locke standing over him and he screams for help until Locke says hello. Reaction to the fact that the cabin can move. That was wow. Curious at all about this cabin? How could you not be? Was that Jacob in there who looked back at him? I would like the rocking chair looked similar yeah yes question mark i mean it was the same cabin but was that jacob no i know what i'm saying is like when he was sitting in the rocking chair okay it looked similar to like the silhouette that we saw before why is jacob interested in hurley i mean hurley's got the one with the numbers connection so it's not surprising it also kind of like directed him to Locke. like hurley was lost yeah, and also if, like, Jacob's goal 
is for Locke to be able to convince them. Like, maybe he was like, okay, this man is hated. We need to get someone lovable in on it, you know? They make a fire and Locke says that he got good and lost. Hurley says he fell behind and Locke asks if that was the reason he was calling for help. Hurley says he was scared and Locke asks if he is sure that Charlie said it was not Penny's boat. And Hurley says Jack never should have called the boat. Locke says he could not agree more. And Hurley says it's going to be very hard to convince them that they are not coming to rescue them. And Locke says it is going to be hard, but they will have to try because if they don't, Charlie died for nothing. So overall thoughts on Locke this episode without really getting too much into what's going to happen later. But mainly I'm curious, what were your thoughts on Locke kind of using that as like justification for we have to talk Jack down? Was that too far saying that Charlie would have died for nothing? I don't think it's too far. I think he's got a goal that works towards the goal. And I guess the issue I have with it is like, it's kind of true and kind of not true. Like he was going to die regardless of if he gave that message or not. Like he died to block the signal essentially because. Well, to unblock the signal. That's what I mean. But I mean, here's the thing. If, if it's not Penny's boat and Locke is right and these people are coming to kill them, then not keeping the signal blocked and not dying in the looking glass station might've been the better thing to do. Yeah, for sure. But then none of this would have, would be a problem. But we also have the, the fact that Desmond's vision was supposed to be, he dies and then the helicopters come, but now we're being told they're coming to kill them. So like what gives? Well, that's the thing. It's like, I, I keep going back to this in my head. It's like, okay, yeah. The helicopters are coming. Ben thinks, oh, everyone on this island is going to die. But I, I kind of see it as like these plane crash people are like, whatever's weird going on with the island and why ever these people are looking for it, like the survivors have nothing to do with that. Why can't they leave the island and, and they can have their beef with the others? Well, I mean, the world thinks the survivors are dead. So if they return, there's going to be questions. And then how much about the island do you say? And if these people want the island for whatever reason, the less people talking about it, the better. You make good points. Also, we know Ben thinks that these people are coming to kill all of them. But Locke was left in a ditch when most of this shit was happening. And suddenly he's back and he seems to know a lot. So why does he think everything's going to go to shit? Because I think Jacob told him it's like more about protecting the island. Like he, these people are coming and they're going to do something bad to the island or whatever. Any idea on what that is? Yeah. Well, I just think like the island is super special and everything. But obviously Jacob is a purist. And these people are going to exploit its properties. Whereas like Jacob just he wants to be all natural. The beach group waits for Hurley by the fuselage, and Hurley comes running out of the jungle. Sawyer asks where he's been, and then Locke joins them. Said asks what he is doing there, and Locke says he's there for the same reason as them, to warn Jack about the people on the freighter. He says he tried once, but he figured he'd have better support with, or he'd have better luck with support. Said says if he wants his support, then he needs to explain why he destroyed the sub. Whispers approach, but it's not the others. It's the survivors. 
Jin and Sun share a hug. Rose and Bernard, too. We see Alex and Juliet get one in there. Meanwhile, Claire is searching for Charlie. But before Desmond can deliver the news, Hurley volunteers. He approaches her, already fighting back his tears. And then he tells her that Charlie is gone. And they both start sobbing. They hug as everyone watches and mourns themselves. Reaction to Claire finding out. I cried. Seriously? Tears didn't fall, but it was like, you know, when the tears are right there and your whole face hurts because like, it was like Hurley, or should I say Jorge Garcia, his face acting when he's like walking up to her and his face just like melts into anguish crushed me. Like I was already crying before he even said it. And then when he said it, I was like, ugh. Obviously, tears didn't fall. I'm not a bitch. Just kidding. But I, it, it was a really good moment. And like, I knew this was going to happen. Like, her, uh, Charlie dying isn't the problem. It's the impact that it has. Speaking of the impact of Charlie dying, we'll talk about it a little bit later when the group makes their decision. But Claire elected to not go back to the beach camp where a certain thing was waiting in the cradle oh oh i knew that was gonna happen we get a flash forward where hurley is outside painting at santa rosa's ward when another patient tells him to watch out because a man is watching him hurley's confused until the patient points and charlie is standing there reaction to ghost charlie i was so fucking confused i thought like i was like is this bitch alive did they lie to me like he swam out of that hole and then just like i i was so confused i'm more confused because we know he's not there so did is that patient just like seeing shit too and it was just a coincidence or yeah i i really don't know hurley panics but charlie tells him not to run like he did back at the store hurley says he may be in a mental institution but he knows that he's dead, so he's not going to have this imaginary conversation. Charlie says he is dead, but he's also here. Hurley tells him to prove it, so Charlie slaps him. <laughs> Hurley's convinced, and they sit down, and Hurley asks if he knew he was going to die when he left the beach. Charlie says yes, and Hurley asks why he did not tell him. And Charlie says he would have tried to talk him out of it, and since he was going to do it anyway, he wanted to save them the trouble. Charlie says now he has to do something and he is hiding from it. And that is the reason why he ran from the store when he saw him. He says he ran because he knew Charlie was there to tell him he had to do something. Hurley says he is not listening because he is not there. Charlie says he's being a baby and Hurley is closing his eyes and counting to five. Between each number, Charlie tells him some variation of they need him and he knows they need him. But when he reaches five, Charlie is gone and Hurley is alone. What do you think Ghost Charlie was? Uh, it's hard to say. Uh. On the scale of, I'd say there's three points on this spectrum. Hurley's hallucination imagination, the island projecting itself as Charlie, or Charlie from beyond. I don't think it's Charlie from beyond. I was going, well, it's hard though, because like he reveals information that Hurley doesn't know, which is 
why I feel like it's not just a manifestation of his own like trauma and guilt and, and all that stuff, which is kind of like what I originally thought. But then I was like, okay, it could be the island projecting. But it's like, why does the island need Hurley to come back? Does it need them all to come back? You know, I I don't know. I it's I feel like it's the island, but it's the island using what it knows will be like the most impactful to Hurley. Why not Libby? Ah. Uh, Honestly, I feel like he was closer with Charlie and Charlie was involved in the the whole thing. I assuming that this is how they actually leave the island because that's actually not not clear to me. And I I think at this point the show's just like forgotten that they even had a Libby. Can I ask why you don't really consider that this is Charlie from beyond the grave. I see. I feel like anytime it's like a question of, is this someone who is dead? Like you, you'd never really believe that this is like ghost Christian walking around. It's just the Island fucking with them. Because like, what would be their motivation? Like, I just don't see Charlie, even ghost Charlie being like, Oh yeah. My afterlife mission is to get him to go back to the Island. Like, just doesn't and also the whole thing with like yummy yummy straight up said i'm not your brother well that one i'll give you but this one yeah but i i feel like it's all like interconnected like ben's mom wasn't his mom it was like the island luring him but it's just the island like uses the people that are gonna be the most effective to that person is when the island does this is this like for a good purpose, a bad purpose, because when he poses Yemi, it led to Echo dying. But when he poses Christian, or it poses Christian, it led to them finding water. And now apparently it looks like Charlie's saying that they need him. Um, I think you can't define it as good or bad. I think it's serving the purpose of what the island needs, the island's goals. So to the island, it's good. And I can't tell you if it's good or bad until I've watched the whole show and I understand. At this point in time, do you think the island is morally good, morally bad, some sort of neutral? Mm, uh, Neutral at this point, I just think I think something naturally occurring, even in this um, sci fi world, it's naturally occurring in this reality is morally neutral. And it's what man does with it that can make it good or bad. That's deep. I know. Proud of you for like that. I, should be, I feel like I should be smoking a J when I say that. I don't do that, people. I'm lame, but. Now that it's legal in Ohio, I, I do kind of like want to try it, but I've also 24 and just haven't. So like, eh. Yeah, it's legal here, but I haven't done it at all since I've been here. Back on the island, Claire asks what happened to Charlie and Hurley says he was trying to help them. Everyone mourns and Danielle and Ben arrive. Said has a big reaction to the fact that Ben's tied up. But before anyone can say anything, Jack just socks lock and puts him on his ass. Came out of nowhere with that punch. Everyone stares and Locke goes for his gun and Jack gets it first and pulls the hammer back, pointing it at Locke. Locke says Jack's not going to shoot him just like he couldn't shoot Jack. And bam, Jack pulls the trigger and Locke just stares at him and says, it's not loaded. And then hard cut to commercial. 
I was shocked. I like Jack has lost the plot. I'm like, bro, you are going to murder someone. That's crazy. In front of everyone. Yeah. Like you think you're about to get rescued. This is what I said last time. Like you think you're about to get rescued. You're about to go back to civilization and you're going to shoot a man in the face. Get a grip. For all intents and purposes, he did kill Locke. He didn't know that gun wasn't loaded. Yeah, I I think that's crazy. I think that's that is cuckoo. Well, with the gun not being loaded, Jack proceeds to just beat the shit out of Locke until Saeed and Sawyer pull him off. Jack asks if he knows what Locke did, and Saeed screams, yes, I do. Once again, Saeed, the coolest head there is. I know. And another thing, like, don't you, wouldn't you think that after you pull a trigger and it doesn't fire wouldn't that be such like a sobering moment like that would really give you like a reality check like wow i almost just killed someone no not for jack he said i guess my fist will do <laughs> i'm surprised he didn't just start using the gun <laughs> i know Locke says all he has ever done is what is in the best interest for all of them jack asks if he is insane and Locke says that he knows he has explaining to do, but he never meant to do anything to hurt them. He says he even risked his life to tell them that there was a traitor pointing at Juliet. Jack says that Juliet helped them, and all he has ever done is blow up whatever chance they have of getting off the island. Jack screams that he killed Naomi, but Ben chimes in saying technically Naomi is alive. But Kate arrives at the perfect time to share that Naomi is now dead, but she covered for them and fixed the phone. Locke says, of course she did that. She wants her people to come here. And when they do, they need to get as far away from them as possible. Overall thoughts on Locke so far? I don't hate what he's doing. I don't. I didn't have a problem with him today. I th- I'd say, like, today's episode, I was neutral. What did Not- he do? What did he do that made it neutral? He didn't do anything, like, that I was like, yay, Locke. It's just like, you've dug yourself a deep hole, dude. You know, you're not just going to be able to, like, come back from the camp and everyone's going to trust you, and nor am I. Are you still at a point where you, like, hate Locke? Or are you more, just are you, like, kind of coming around on him a little bit to, like, a neutral level? I'm not neutral. I dislike the man. Hate is a strong word. You know, I just don't like it. I don't like his character. I, I think, I, fundamentally, not a fan. This could really change our relationship. I think he's a whiny little bitch boy. He's my whiny little bitch boy. <laughs> okay. Every day, do you think he named his dog after him? No, I never even think about that, to be honest. Like, I just keep waiting for, like, him to redeem himself because I'm like, well, Zane likes him so much. I think he might just be a bad judge of character. I Like, I, I just don't. Season three for Locke was really, really bad for me. Like, he's in a deep, deep hole. What would it take for him to redeem himself? I was just, I was just wondering that in my own head. I don't know. Like, I, I can't, I can't say. It's just, I don't know. I really don't know. We'll see how it goes. Did you think he had a point when he said that Naomi fixed the phone because she wants them to come? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, th- if that is their mission, which it seems like it is, then, like, yeah. But also, in her, like, dying moments, she's like, yeah, oh, f- like, fuck you guys. But... I, I, I don't know. I, I still feel like. Well, in her dying moment, she was thinking about her sister. Well, no, I'm saying when she had 
the knife to her neck and she was like i was trying to get you rescued blah 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 but i don't even remember if she had really realized the phone was right there at that point because i think regardless first thing she said give me the phone Mm. yeah i think the whole time no matter what i think she would have done that Locke says he's going back to the barracks since the others abandoned them and it does have some sort of security and it's the only thing he can think of until he figures something else out. He says if they want to live, they need to come with him. Which, to me, this scene was like the live together die alone of the second half of the series. But I don't really think, like, with hindsight of where the rest of the show goes, I don't really think that this is as at that level but for the longest time to me this was like that same scene but just like the reverse Mm -hmm. jack says no one is going to go with him because they are not crazy but hurley chimes in saying he is not crazy hurley asks what about charlie he says charlie went down to the looking glass so they could get rescued and what he did worked but then something happened something made him change his mind He says the last thing he did was try to warn them that the people on the boat are not who they say they are. So Hurley says he's not listening to Jack. He's listening to his friend. He's listening to Charlie. And my heart breaks a little bit in this moment because this is Jack finding out that Charlie is dead. Because he wasn't there for when Hurley told Claire he showed up shortly after. After that, Hurley falls in line with Locke. And Locke asks if anyone else is coming. Claire and Aaron are next along with a couple of the extras. Then Danielle and Ben, who asked for Jack's permission, go as well. Alex and Carl fall in line behind them, and Bernard tells Rose that she said that they will never leave the island, so if she wants to go with Locke, he'll be right behind her. And Rose looks at him and says, I'm not going anywhere with that man. Which that one broke my heart because of that little bonding moment they had in SOS when they're like, well, we both have like a miracle happen to us. No, I loved it because Rose is a straight shooter and she's a good judge of character. And honestly, this episode like might have you forgetting that Locke is a disaster. But she was like, no, I didn't forget. I'm not going anywhere with that man. And I was like, damn straight. Finally, Sawyer begins to cross the line, too. And Kate asks what he's doing. And Sawyer turns Irish and says the same thing he's always done. Surviving. I <laughs> did it did sound irish then i remember watching this for the first time ever mom was like why is he irish surviving i loved your note for this scene your last note (laughs) say it with me people the rain starts falling and we all know rain is bad Locke says they know where to find them if they change their mind and then they head out And Jack and Hurley share a look as they leave. And I do want to just point out that outside of Juliet and Saeed, and I guess Kate, no one knows where to find them if they change their mind. (laughs) (laughs) Are you shocked by anyone's decision to either stay or go? I think, I truly feel like Claire only stayed because it was like Charlie's dying message. Like, I wonder how much of her is like, I do have a baby though. You know what I mean? But at the same time, if it wasn't Charlie's dying message, she, and Locke is right, she's putting her baby at risk. Yeah, but I, see, this is like, this is my thing. And and I was wondering if you were going to ask me this question, so I'm going to ask it for you. 
would I stay or would I go? That was my next question. Right. And I don't, I think it's so hard to say because I have, I guess I don't really have more information than them. I, you have the I same think, level of information. Yeah, I think I, I think I'm on Jack's team. Really? I do because I'm just like, okay, what are the two scenarios here? Like I stay on this fucking island and potentially people, new people are coming to the island to try to kill me. Or I just face those people who are trying to kill me head on and they might rescue me and they might kill me. I just so like, at this point, I'm just like, I'm done fighting for my life on this island. And I understand like extras aren't, they're not fighting for their lives. They're just living. But I don't know. I mean, they might have it way better going to the barracks. At least they've got houses now. If they stay there, where are the others? The others are going to like come back eventually, probably. The, the temple. Okay. They have washing machines there. Like, I feel like they're going to come back. <laughs> but they lived on that island for so long before they had the barracks. Yeah, but you know what? That was that was a different group of you know what that was different that's why jacob's so upset yeah what's up with that eyelash man anyway what was i saying you would stay i think i would stay no i no i would go with jack i think i'd I'd say get me off this fucking island that would mean you're staying okay well staying implies like staying at the beach camp going to the barracks okay okay this is this isn't like are you signing up to leave? These people aren't saying like, we're staying on the island. These people are saying these people are not who they are. They say they are and they're coming to kill us. Yeah, but they don't have, they're like, okay, we're, we're not going to go with them or we're not going to like whatever, but it's not like they have a plan to get off. They're, they're at square one. Yeah. But it's not like before Naomi showed up, they had a plan before this is just now, but that's why, that's why I think I'm just facing the new threat. And I'm seeing how threatening it is because I, at this point, I'm done. Do you think anyone's going to change their mind and switch? I mean, if these people show up and they and they are like, I have got you, then yeah, I'm sure some people are going to try to dip. And I'm and maybe some people who go with Locke will like sit and stew on their decision and be like, oh, did we do the right thing? Do we do the right thing? Because Locke is only going on faith. Well, someone also told him. Yeah. His fucking little island god. That's called Faith, my brother. I'll see it in another life, brother. We get the final flash forward of the episode. At the mental hospital, Hurley is shooting hoops alone, and Jack comes to visit, saying he was in the area. Jack offers to play horse, and Hurley asks if he is back to being a doctor, which Jack says yes. Hurley asks if the reporters are leaving him alone, and he says, for the most part, but he's also signing autographs when he gets coffee, and he's thinking about growing a beard, which Hurley says would look weird. I'm not sure if this is because the beard did look weird and they're like being meta about it, or if he's just saying you would look weird with beard. I I don't feel like they're not being meta. I think he's just like, eh. I think it was more just like they wanted to say that to just like really make it obvious what the timeline is here for these flash forwards. And Hurley just had to respond, and that's kind of like a Hurley response. Hurley asks what Jack is really doing there, and Jack says he was checking on him to see if he was okay. And Hurley says he was really checking to see if he's gone crazy and if he's going to start telling people. Jack asks if he is going to start telling people, 
and Hurley says it's his shot. But Jack says that he wins because he has to go. Hurley then says he is sorry for going with Locke, and he should have stayed with him. Jack says it's water under the bridge, and Hurley says he does not think they did the right thing, and he thinks the island wants them to go back, and it's going to do any everything it can to bring them back. Jack snaps at him, saying they are never going back. And then Hurley says, never say never, dude. And they're also yelling at each other. <laughs> like, someone could be listening. It's interesting. I was just kind of wondering, okay, how did we get from here to Jack's flash forward? Because at this point, he's like, no, absolutely not. And then we see him later and he's like, we have to go back. And he's like doing the whole like red string thing on a, on a cork board in his house, you know? So it's just like, I'm curious what happens. What do you think happened? I don't know. Is it like he saw someone too, or just the guilt of the people they left behind? Could be both. Maybe this is like what kind of plants the seed. I mean, obviously Jack's drinking already. We see that in the opening scene. So maybe he's already got some guilt and now someone else is saying it to him and now it's just going to grow. And then maybe the island's like, oh, we got him where we want him. Let's show him his dad. (laughs) Ghost daddy. Jack and Kate are still at the cockpit and Kate asks if he is thinking of Charlie. Jack says it feels like a hundred years ago that they all came out there together. And he asks how this happened. Kate thinks it's thunder overhead, but it's a helicopter. They chase after it and find someone has jumped out. The man takes off his helmet and asks if he is Jack. And that is how the episode ends. Was that helicopter crashing like the other one? Uh, It definitely didn't seem to be flying, right? Correct, Amundo. Okay. What causes these fucking helicopters to crash? The hatch is out of commission, so... I know, and I, I, I originally thought it was something to do with, like, the signal that the others were doing, like, to, like, like the how they were jamming everything, but they turned that off, and also, I just don't know. <laughs> so the obvious question is, who is this man? It's the guy that was on the radio. It was not. Oh. How do you know? Uh... I know the guy's name. Well, why would and you tell me that? Because it's diff- it's the first scene of the next episode is like we learn his name. So you're no oh. you're gonna know it's not him. Well, I just think it's someone else from the boat that they've sent in. Like, I don't really see if the helicopter was crashing and he had to eject. Cool, cool. But it's just like at some point they gotta realize the helicopters aren't gonna work. Bring the boat closer. Yeah, you just keep dropping people on the island. Like, is he there to gather intel and and not get stabbed? I don't know. Why is the boat here? To find... Here's what I wonder. I go all the way back to the season two finale. And I wonder if those people who were, like, in the little, like, lab thing, if they actually weren't connected to Penny at all. And they're with these people who have been looking for the island for so long and like you know the big magnetic thingy happened and and they're just part of this conglomerate and i don't know who alerted penny i don't know how she plays into this to be honest well the two people in that station called penny directly oh they did yeah 
Darn, darn. Well, I don't understand, but I kind of feel like they're connected with these people. Maybe. Oh, hold up. I don't I still don't know. This isn't all fleshed out, but like maybe Charles Woodmore. Widmore. That's what I said, kind of. Is a greedy son of a bitch. And he's trying to find this island for his own financial and like world ruinous gain, you know? So you're saying Charles stole the hunt for the island from Penny? No, I feel like <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't it's all connected. I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm just rambling now. I think I'm on to something. It's someone um, who knows about the island is what you're saying. Someone off island that knows about it. What are we talking about now? You're you're saying the people coming for the freighter want the island for something. But yeah. whoever sent them obviously has to know about the island somehow. Yeah. I don't know. I confused myself. <laughs> Did I smoke a J today? <laughs> if they're if they're just here, if they were looking for the island and the survivors are just here, are they going to try to kill them or are they just a complication? I feel like we're I feel like it's not like we're jumping straight to murder. I just don't see that. I feel like maybe a complication, maybe, maybe, maybe. Okay. Who are the members of the Oceanic Six? I already said I don't know, man. Um, give me names. You get, you got. We're gonna sit here until you give me three names. I'll, oh get, I'll, I'll help you out. Jack, Kate, and Hurley. That's what I was gonna say, bitch. Uh, I feel like Locke wouldn't leave. I'm wondering if the person who died was part of that because why would Jack and Kate? I don't know, man. Uh, I'm just gonna say Jack, Kate. Hurley, Sawyer, Saeed. I'd love to throw another woman in there. I'm gonna go Sun. Sun no Jin? I don't know what the circumstances of why only six people leave the island, but if it was like a situation where he could send her so that she could have her baby and be safe. And like he stayed for behind for whatever reason. Like I don't know why, but you know, that's just what I'm gonna go with. I don't think it's right. All right, let's lock in some season four predictions. Is anyone gonna die? Obviously, everybody always dies. Not everybody. Give me some names. I couldn't possibly. Ah, uh, damn. I couldn't, I couldn't possibly. Is there anyone that you don't want to die? Problem is, here's the here's who I don't want to die. Saeed, Sun, Jin, Sawyer, Hurley. I'll throw Rose in there. Aaron. Vincent. I feel like one of them is going to die. I, <sighs> I wouldn't be surprised if they kill off, like, Saeed. Only because I feel like they're not doing enough with his character. But he's probably a fan favorite and like it would get a big emotional reaction if he died. I would be fucking Devo though. Is this the season they get off the island or is it building up to that? So, so hard to say. I It feels like it's going to be 
14 episodes of them like teasing us with they're getting off the island and then like maybe they actually get off the island in like the finale I just don't I don't understand how they stretch this out three more seasons it's like I I don't know man I super don't know we're gonna change things up with season four when it comes to guessing the next episode because there are times where it's gonna reveal who got off the island so I'm not gonna tell you who it's about Unless it's like a safe, it's not a big deal. So I'll okay. tell you a title, and I just want you to guess if it's a flashback or flash forward, and then who you think it's about. And I won't tell you if it's a flashback or a flash forward, unless, again, it's safe. Okay. So next week? Confirmed dead. I think that's going to be a flash forward. I think maybe this is going to be an episode where it's like when they... Maybe like closer to when they first get back. Because that confirmed dead sounds like, oh, like the the oceanic flight, like everybody was confirmed dead. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just gonna go Kate. It is a flashback episode. And <laughs> it is about members of the freighter, including the man that we met at the end of the episode. Wow, you're just dropping all that info on me? That's okay. Because I'm basically not going to be able to tell you pretty much any more episodes. There's okay. like there's like one episode that I will be able to tell you, and that's because the title is pretty obvious. Okay. Final thoughts on the episode, Lauren? Solid seven. It was rated an 8.1 on IMDb. Hmm. Are you excited for season four? I'm excited for it to be 14 episodes long. This is Kate's favorite season, and an argument could be made that it is also mine. I would say four, five, and three. It, just depending on my mood, I could say that they're my favorite episode. Or favorite season. Okay. Well, I'm all out of questions. If you have any questions, get them in for flashback and tune in to the January episode where we're going to be doing some advice. We do have one confirmed person at this time of recording, but we have several weeks to go. So hopefully we get more people. If you do want to get some advice for us, we haven't recorded it yet. So get it to our social medias. Lauren, where can they find them? At Lauren gets lost.pod on TikTok. At Lauren gets lost pod on Instagram. Find us on Facebook. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube. Give us five stars wherever you're listening. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell the next person that you beat in horse, or as we used to play as children, Kohler. And join us next week for Confirmed Dead. Thank you for listening to Lauren Gets Lost. This podcast is hosted by and edited by Zane Kohler with co-host Lauren Kohler, produced by Kate Wister, and our music is done by David Kohler. And remember, they were not dead the whole time. thought you were going to make a joke about how they should give us money so you could replace the battery in your smoke detector. I actually bought those batteries today at Target and I will be getting Andrew to do that. (laughs) Could you hear it beeping the whole time? For most of of the episode, yeah. (laughs) Sorry, guys.